Hey, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of FinTech Friday. And uh, this is a great special one for me. I got my friend Craig Liebig on. Craig is founder and CEO of Inbound Ignited. Uh, Craig, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Brian. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is going to be fun. We've been waiting to do this for a while and uh, get to get to riff on all things kind of digital slash fintech. So before we uh, dive in, as you know, I like to ask my guests uh, what the term fintech means to you in the context of your life, your business and your life. Yeah, I, I had a chance to listen to a couple of your previous episodes, so I knew this question <laughs> was coming. And uh, I guess my answer is going to be a little bit different than probably the typical and I, I look at it at a higher level, and, and I think of fintech, and I think of building trust, right? Building trust in terms of uh, what does the borrower want, what does the customer want, and they want you to use their time wisely because that time is their most precious resource, and they want to get it right, whatever the transaction is, whether it's getting information from your website or um, checking their mobile app to see what the value of their financial portfolio is, right? They just want to trust that this stuff works and it works fast and that you're using their time wisely, right? And yeah. that it's effective. So I think when when I look at FinTech, I think of these solutions that are coming out into the market of ultimately they're just trying to build trust with the people that are using the technology. Whether yeah. you're an operations leader at a mortgage company and you need to know that my digital end-to-end -end mortgage tech stack all works and I trust when somebody goes into my POS, that that data is going to hit my LOS and the pricing engine, all this is going to work, right? I, I have to trust that it works. So really, FinTech to me is building trust. I love it. That's a little different. No, I think, you're, I think you're exactly right. And, and uh, uh, you've listened to a few of my shows. I've had to listen to every one of them. So <laughs> um, the what's cool is, you know, we're I think we're on our 19th episode today or 20th. This is the 20th. And every definition is just slightly different. Um, you're the first one that's really talked about this concept of fintech enabling and build to build trust, right, between two parties, whoever those parties are. Uh, very cool. I love it. And, and in, you know, in the context of, of what you do every day, or at least a piece of your business that you, you guys focus on, you're helping companies tell their story and building trust through that storytelling. And it's typically done in a, in a digital manner. Why don't you talk a little bit about Inbound Ignited, what you guys are doing. Um, I, I, I'm going to share some insight because I've, I've got some inside baseball, given that we've done some things together that I want to share as well. But I'll let you start. Yeah, sure. So uh, just a little bit about Inbound Ignited. Uh, we've got a small team of, of marketers and developers that basically help companies, um, you know, present their brand online, whether that be from a demand generation perspective, whether that be from the technology behind their marketing and sales to make their marketing more automated and authentic and their sales to be more productive and, you know, doing things like adding video to the sales process, that type of stuff. So uh, we basically are, are here to help companies deliver sales enablement, digital marketing strategies, website builds, et cetera. So that's what we do. And um, kind of going back to that trust example, when we, when we talk about websites, you know, the internet has been the great equalizer yeah. when it comes to buying and selling, right? Before the internet, 
who had all the power? Who had all the information? The seller did, right? And the borrower or the buyer was at the beck and call of the seller. Well, that's flipped, right? And now the buyer has all the power, right? They can go research countless places. And most of that research is done online. So, you know, they want as much control over the sales process as possible. And so what we help companies do is we help them deliver that, right? Um, We help them build trust. And the way we figure that to be is to answer their questions. Yeah. Right? You know, don't leave a shroud of secrecy behind your product. Let someone come to your website and discover what it is that you're about, communicate that effectively, and then let them make the decision if they want to take that next step and have a talk with a human being. Yeah, I love and I love your methodology. So full disclosure for everyone uh, watching, listening, uh, Finlocker uh, engaged or has an ongoing engagement with Inbound Ignited with Craig's company. Um, and it started when I first came to the company over two years ago. Um, and it really started just with a, a, a very simple use case. We when I came to the company, we were there was a, a, a legacy CRM system. And it really wasn't configured and, and set up and, and didn't, frankly, have, in, 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 in my opinion, what was needed for where we were as a company. And uh, I was introduced to, to Inbound uh, through one of our, my colleagues here at Finlocker, who's a former colleague of yours in a prior life. And, uh, and we kind of hit it off right away. And I think quickly... Well, from my perspective, you, you established trust and credibility in, in some of the things you had done for your own business as it related to this particular problem I was getting help solving, which was, uh, you know, new, a new CRM. So you recommended uh, HubSpot, which has turned out to be a wonderful solution for Finlocker. You went even further uh, than that. You actually helped us implement it um, and and did all the heavy lifting, frankly, to do that. Um, and that led to a deeper engagement over the last couple of years where we most recently have been working with your firm on launching a new website for Finlocker. Um, and what I, I, what I saw or what I felt was fascinating was the way, uh, the, the process that you took us through to build this new website. And it was truly focused on answering all the questions that a visitor to finlocker.com may have. And I never thought about a website in that manner, but as a consumer, as a uh, somebody who goes to websites for any kind of reason, whatever it is, could be to research different tomato plants, I go there with a question and want to get the answer. And it it never dawned on me running a business that, that, that logically that's what my website should be doing is answering all those questions. And so um, I, that, that process was an eye-opener. And, and what I love about this is it's an, it's an evergreen process, right? Because new questions are getting asked every day, and sometimes they're not there front and center. And you, you have to be – I think what I've learned is you can't just stand up a website, walk away, and, and never touch it again. It's a – you know, almost on a you know pretty regular basis, you need to be reviewing it, not just for – content and, and, and making sure that it's answering the questions, but it also needs to serve a purpose for you as a business owner or someone who's managing a business. Why don't you talk a little bit about what, the way you guys think about, you know, that aspect of it as well. 
Yeah, we we there's a, a lot to unpack there. You know, we look at websites across the industry, and we still see a lot of people talking about their product and their features and their benefits, and they don't kind of translate that back to the problem that their prospect has that they might be able to solve, and they don't answer all the questions that that, that I think someone is going to ask at some point. You know, there's a stat that I've heard, which is. 70% of the buying process happens online before someone talks to a human. Right. So when I see a stat like that, that tells me that your website needs to be your best salesperson, that it needs to position your product in the right way. It needs to communicate your value. It needs to answer the questions that they have. And those questions are, you know, things like how much does it cost? And I don't see that on websites anywhere. Right. And I talk to people and they say, I don't want to put that on my website. And I'm like, well, it's their money. Yeah. They deserve to know how, you know, they need to know this, right? It's a and question. so you don't have to put your pricing list on there, but you do need to address it and say, well, you know, this is what it's going to cost. Yeah. <clears throat> Generally, like there's a lot of factors to it. Just address the pricing questions. That's one thing. Um, in terms of the process that people have adopted for website builds, I've been in the industry for a long time, mid 90s. And I've been involved in a couple of website builds, a couple at City, one for City Home Equity, one for City Mortgage, and then I've rebuilt uh, a site at Equifax for, for the work number, right? So I've been involved in these big, big website migrations. And then we've done about eight or nine for our clients as well. We've only been going at this for about two years. Yeah. So we're still, we're still learning, Brian. And what I've learned was a traditional way where you hire an agency or you assemble a team and you build your website and then you let it sit for two, three years. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh my gosh, our website is stale, it's stagnant, it doesn't address the market, things have changed. We gotta start this whole project again. And I got every time I was put on that project when I was in corporate America, it was like, oh my gosh, this is just another job. I yeah. got my day job and then I have to do this as well. So our approach is a little different and we're trying to build that trust with our clients. So we break it out into three phases. The first phase is like a discovery phase. And what we do is we have these sessions with you, our client. We talk about what questions you ask, who your personas are, what their journey is, what their jobs they need to do when they come visit your website. We put this all together and we have these great interactive sessions with all your stakeholders. And then we go back and we put together a recommended site map. We put together page strategies, content strategies, and a um, design of what your homepage might look like and then an estimate on how to build that first stage of the site. And we do a flat fee there. We say, look, if over the course of time you're working with us, you don't feel the vibe like we're, we're not a good fit or we're not hitting the mark, you know, you're out that flat fee. And then you can yeah. move on and use the blueprint and have somebody else do either do it yourself or find another agency. And so we kind of build some trust that way. And um, the second phase is the foundational site where we're going to build something that looks better and performs better than your current site. And then the third phase is that ongoing update of the site, right? right? You know, depending on what your budget is and, you know, how generally likely the site is to change, but we're going to constantly monitor and improve it, et cetera. And that's that third phase. So we call that growth-driven design. And it, so the way I think about this is, you know, and I don't think this is, I don't think your business is limited to smaller type companies, but... Uh, that's what happens to be where I am today. We're a smaller type company. We're, you know, early stage. And, and there's plenty of those type of companies in mortgage and real estate uh, today and insurance. Um, 
the way the, this is just the way I'm thinking about inbound ignited in the context of Finlocker. Um, I'm not going to go out and hire a webmaster and 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 someone that's going to just focus 100% of their energy on our website. It's just we're not there yet. We're not. That's mm -hmm. not where we are. We may get there at some stage, and today's not the time for that. So our what we've you know basically done with you all is you've become an extension of our tech and marketing teams through this ongoing engagement. And I think it's just a, it's a, a wonderful way to, to, to extend the work that's been done to date and keep continuity, you know, in the coming months as we, you know, every day I go into our website, I'm like, Oh, I wish we would have done that. Well, guess what? We can do that because we have this, this ongoing uh, engagement. So, uh, I think I think it's a it's a great way to uh, to approach it, and it goes back to what we opened with, which is you all built trust initially. You you, you told us what you recommend. You told us what you're going to do. We signed up for that, and you delivered against it, which gave us all the confidence in the world to say, okay, we like the we like the prototype. Now go build it, and uh, it, it it's a definitely a refreshing approach, and especially for a smaller company that you know we we don't we're not walking around with a quarter million dollar budget for 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 these kind of services so uh you were your, your company did a wonderful job and and i get massive compliments on our website which is pretty cool and, and uh, this right now to be you know transfer it's just the foundational site yeah right we and we were we worked pretty quick on that that was a fast one it was year going so you know, it's already, your it's, team was awesome, by the way. Your team, and just oh, a shout you. out to your folks. Like, they yeah. were incredible. We needed something. We got it. And well, it they were motivated to, to get to get us to, a, you know, we, I think some people know we launched a new product, our, our mobile app in, in July, and, and our website prior to your team getting involved was really speaking to the, the, the Finlocker 2.0 product. And we were, you know, we're in market now with 3.0, and, there was going to be a pretty big disconnect between what our product is and what we say it is on the website. And your your team and our and our team together sprinted to to make certain that when we launched our mobile 3.0, that our website was completely caught up with with that product. So mm -hmm. super cool. You know, we talked talk about the work. trust factor, right? We yeah. we start with those little projects. It goes both ways, right? Yeah. Like. Our go-to-market strategy for our business has been get our foot in the door, do a little job, yeah. let get to know the client, let them get to know us, let them experience what we can bring to the table, and then if there's an opportunity to expand it, we expand it, right? But there's no pressure there, right? So that, uh, and you know, it worked out for us. No, I think it's I think it's the it's a brilliant way to go about it. It's it's um, and so that if we have loan officers that are out there watching and listening. They may be thinking, well, I can't really do that in, my, in the context of writing a loan for somebody. Yeah, yeah, you can. You could be, you could, you could gain trust by giving information and, and advice and insights to prospective customers without any expectation for anything in return. And, and it's the same thing. Now, granted, we had a contract to, to deliver the first phase, but it's the same principle that we knew what we were. What, what we are each committed to, and at the end of that first phase, if if we weren't satisfied and, and comfortable, or if you were going to be like, we can't work with this these these people. This is great. You know, each of us had an out, but 
it, it allowed us to establish that trust. I think loan officers can absolutely do that all day long, and they can do it through, uh, you know, websites and, and, and other digital technology to to provide value to consumers without any expectation of anything in return. And guess what? You will build trust. You will build a reputation, and, and you will you will end up getting revenue producing off of that. Just that's the way it works. And, and that just goes back to being a good human being and helping people. I mean, that's yeah. exactly what we Basic do stuff. mantra. Just, just help, just help yeah. people out. So you're, you're, you're engaged with a bunch of different companies. Um, obviously highly tuned into kind of the, the digital marketing space, especially what, are there any any trends that you're seeing right now that that maybe people should be thinking about or paying attention to for the for the kind of next cycle that we're entering into? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for um, you know improving your web presence and then creating some automation in your marketing stack. I think that's something that's happening uh, that's becoming more and more prevalent, and with the right tools, you can do that. Um, and when I say marketing automation, you know, you have to do it and communicate with your prospects in an authentic way. It can't be, you know, robotic, right? Yeah. So there's, there's some ways that are coming out that people are using effectively to create those interactions, such as, you know, like lead nurturing and that type of thing. So um, lots of really good stuff coming out on that front. And, um, you know, <clears throat> it's all about connecting with people. You know, and leveraging things like text messaging in an automated fashion, but it all has to be kind of coordinated. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I guess to answer your question, it's the human interactions are never going to come out of it. But if you can, you know, build some some automation to help those human interaction, interactions along, yeah. that really, you know, makes you more productive and it can be authentic and really help nurture, you know, your buyers to go down their buyer journey to get to the point where they become your customer. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, it's always a, uh, a balance between maintaining, um, and I like the I love the term authenticity, right? You you need to maintain. You, nobody likes to, you know. I can tell when I'm getting, you know, robo emailed or whatever you want to call it. They just that's a quick swipe, delete, done. It's I pay attention to what I still probably feel as an automated email, but that still feels a little warmer and more personal those i will pay attention to and i and i it is a uh, it's an art not a science i think uh, you, you have to figure out how to make that work in in the context of your brand and what your you know what your value prop is at the end of the day yeah i i see you know companies that are blasting those emails out and and they're dead giveaways right as yeah. soon as i it, it, i just go to my junk folder and i see 10 of them right now <laughs> And, you know, you can do that. I call it interruption marketing. You know, I, I never really like somebody knocking on my door or, or cold calling me or sending me an unsolicited email. Let's kind of flip it on its head. What I think that the way to go is to create a lot of information about your product, about your service that's valuable. Put it on your website and attract yeah. people instead of, like, you know, interruption marketing. Yeah. I, I just think that's that's a way to go. And, and Removing friction in the buying experience is is super critical now. 
you know, we go back to that, you know, fintech aspect. How can I make it easier to transact? There's lots of stuff that you can do to help reduce that. And, you know, and sometimes, Brian, the the friction that consumers have is actually talking to somebody. They don't like yeah. it. They don't want to talk yeah. to somebody. I don't want to talk to somebody most of the time until I'm ready to buy. Until you're ready to buy. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. There's a point where you want to pivot and, and actually talk to somebody, but you already made the decision that this is the right product. These, it answers all my questions. Now, now I want to buy. And I think this is where um, there's it, – it's not – you could get somebody all the way to that point where they are ready to talk to somebody and ready to buy and still blow it. If, if you're not picking up that next phase in the same, you know, in, in kind of carrying on the same experience that the consumers had, which started with, you know, going back to trust, you built trust to get them through that funnel. The, the, the quickest way to lose it is to disappoint them when you're on the phone with them. And it could be, don't, you, you missed your appointment. You don't call them back. You, you're, you're non-responsive or you're, you, you don't have a clue. You can't answer the basic questions now that I have once I've gotten you on the phone. So it's, you know, it's, we're not automating out the, the person here. We're in a, in a way we're cleaning up the steps to get to the person to make that, that ultimate salesperson more efficient, but you're not off the hook at that point. You still gotta, you still gotta show up and perform. Yeah, I think a lot of you, guys have you haven't stalled for that yet. Have you? <laughs> well, I, it's hard. It's hard one. I mean, I think if you start thinking like an e-commerce company, even if you're B2B or you're working with, you know, consumer, think of like you're an e-commerce company. Go to Amazon. I bought this microphone arm for this microphone for this podcast, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) And it's a $35 Amazon product. But I can tell you, I looked at every square inch of that product, specifications, reviews, what, um, you know, what mic does it work with? Like what size, you know, adapter do I need? Like I, I pour as a $35 purchase. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at everything. So yeah. think like an e-commerce company, answer all the questions. If there are questions that you don't want to answer, address it some way. Yeah. And then, you know, transfer that over to the human conversation. Well, I think to your, to your point on that, if, if there are questions you don't want to answer, you need to take a step back and ask yourself, why don't I want to answer them? And it could be, this isn't the appropriate forum, mm-hmm. but you still need to, you need to have an answer and, and give them a way to get the information. Right. So um, yeah. that's, that's actually super good feedback. That's my little takeaway nugget. Cause I think we probably need to think about how to do a better job on our website to address a question around, Pricing, as an example, right? Oh, you're not alone. You're not. I know. My my yeah. web. We're redoing ours right now. <laughs> so, like, don't go to my website right yeah. now. Yeah, go to it at October first. And we'll <laughs> but it, but it's it, to I I was on uh, over the weekend. I saw somebody posted um, a, a picture, an image of a website uh, of a place they were considering doing business with, and on the website absent. Anywhere on the website was any reference to any customers that this company's worked with. Hmm. And, and for this particular consumer, they felt compelled enough to screenshot it, put a post out on LinkedIn, and, and basically say, I love everything else about what I saw on the website in terms of the product, but I, it doesn't appear that they do business with anybody. Why would I, why would I be the first? 
So that's that's what we call social trust. Yeah. Right. You know, we're we're a brand new company. We have to show that we've worked with people that are similar to our prospects and show that we've delivered. You know, nobody wants to be the first customer of a business, right? Especially when you're talking about website build or you yeah. know CRM implementations. Even these are big projects, right? So social trust is huge, and even just putting testimonials on your website, you know, getting blurbs from your clients about how you know it was great working with you or what their experience was. Those things really help. Yep. Love it. Well, this has been great, Craig. Man, we could probably talk for uh, for hours. Um, thank you so much for for joining. So, if, if folks want to connect with you to learn more about Inbound Ignited, what's the best way to do that? They can go to inboundignited.com and click contact us. Uh, they could hit me up on my email. It's Craig at inboundignited.com, and uh, happy to connect. Love it. Let me do this one last question. I forgot about my closing question. I'm out of, out of practice here. So uh, this is also an, an, uh, an opportunity for folks to learn a little bit more about our guests. So outside of business, what, what do you like to do? What, what kind of excites you and, and keeps you busy when you're not doing what you do every day? I'm a, I'm a family guy. I, you know, I, I've got two teenage daughters. Well, well, one turns 13 in a couple of days. So yeah. It keeps me pretty busy. One is a is a basketball player. You know, this summer we were all over the country. We hit all the COVID hotspots for basketball <laughs> tournaments. New Orleans, Chicago, a couple times. Des Moines, yeah. a couple times. Branson. You know, we so basketball travels big for us. Love and it. then uh, my youngest daughter, she's not an athlete at all. She's don't tell anybody, but she has more athletic ability than my older <laughs> daughter, uh, but doesn't have the drive. And uh, she's like a gamer, so she yeah. likes gaming. So we bought a put together a gaming PC this year, and we're kind of going down that path. So just figuring out ways to spend time with my kids before they, you know, head out. It goes fast, man. I love it. Yeah, I was, I, I was when my kids were your kids' age. That was it. It was sports and whatever they were into. That's that was our life. So uh, I'll, uh, you hear it all the time, but enjoy it. It goes fast. It's um, there's you know there's some benefits once it's past but uh you miss a lot of that that stuff so uh awesome well thanks again craig for joining uh and thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of fintech fridays thanks brian take care